Today I'll be reading the Bible, the book of Matthew 26, 6 to 13. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached, throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. These are the words of the Lord. Thank you, Stephanie, for reading us this amazing account of an unknown woman giving all she had to Jesus. If you really wanted to show someone how much you loved them, what would you do? Probably in our culture anyway, not by pouring an incredibly expensive bottle of perfume over their head. But this is a story about a woman expressing her love for Jesus. She doesn't say a thing, but her action speaks far louder than any words. I dare say that these few verses hold some of the most amazing insights into what loving Jesus looks like. Perhaps that's why Jesus said that this woman would be mentioned whenever the gospel is preached. And he was right. So she is today, here at St. John's, 2,000 years on. Let's look at this outrageous love of a woman who has met the outrageous grace of Jesus. Because, as Simon Ponsonby says, to truly encounter Jesus is to be knocked sideways astonished, overwhelmed. To be mildly interested means you have never met him. Join me in the last few days of Jesus' life on earth. He knew what was ahead. Judas was planning to betray him. The Jews were plotting to kill him. And his disciples were going to abandon him. He was the only person in the room who knew that in two days' time he would be crucified. And here we see him enjoying a brief moment of relaxation in the home of Simon the leper, probably one of the many who he'd healed. Suddenly, without warning, a woman comes in and makes straight for Jesus as he reclines at the table. She has a dodgy pass known to the men there. 
to the surprise and perhaps outrage of those present, she proceeds to pour her expensive anointing oil onto Jesus' head. Can you imagine the stunned silence? Can you smell the overpowering fragrance that would have filled the room? Women in that culture didn't mix with men, especially sinful women. Surely Jesus would stop her and tell her to go. But he doesn't. Instead, he stands up for her when his disciples miss the point and excuse of her, accuse of her extravagant waste, telling them that she has done a beautiful thing. In the message, it reads, a wonderfully significant thing, which would always be remembered. Wow. Jesus so often surprises the religious folk, and still does. Yes, he gladly receives it as a beautiful gesture of genuine love. He sees her heart of gratitude. He knows her story. We don't. He gets her, like he gets you and me. And he is clearly grateful for her love. She has ministered to him. Perhaps no one else has given him a gift like this, since the wise men brought him gifts at his birth. He's always the one doing the giving. So here we have the great giver, the shepherd, the healer, the Lord, the anointed one, gratefully accepting the anointing of a sinful woman. It's absolutely mind-blowing. So who was this woman? What was her name? It's unlikely that she was Mary, sister of Martha, who did incidentally also anoint Jesus before his death. Nor do the commentators think she's Mary Magdalene, who anointed him at another time. She isn't named. Perhaps she was the woman who secretly touched the hem of Jesus' robe in desperate need of healing and whose shame he publicly took away forever. Or perhaps she was the woman brought to Jesus expecting to be stoned to death who must have been eternally grateful for his compassion and forgiveness. Clearly, she already knew him and was determined to anoint him before his death, even if it meant risking rejection and humiliation. She was way out of her comfort zone. And to be honest, she seemed to understand who Jesus was and how close his death was better than anyone else there. I wonder if she represents you or me this morning. Why do you think she did this beautiful thing? 
I don't think she could help it. Wild horses wouldn't have stopped her. Jesus meant everything to her. He was her greatest of all time. He'd given her back her life. And this was her last opportunity to express her love. And she took it. She had received Jesus' amazing grace. Her life had been transformed. And she just had to give him her most precious, expensive gift. Very likely imported from India, worth an entire year's pay, which she'd probably been saving for her own burial. Perhaps she realized that in two days' time, his head would be bleeding from the crown of thorns and his skin would be battered, bruised and pierced by those who completely misunderstood him. After all, he had mentioned his burial in his reply to the disciples' accusation of waste. What a comfort the fragrance of this ointment of love would have been for him during those horrific times in the days to come. Yes, not only had Jesus got her, but unlike the disciples, she seems to have got him too. She didn't try to argue him out of his way to the cross, but intuitively understood that this was the time to anoint him. So to her, there was nothing wasteful here. Francis Chan, in his book, Crazy Love, reminds us that the life Jesus calls us to is absolute craziness to the world. It's fine to believe in God, but to really love him, well, that's a different story. I know that there are many of us here this morning who have discovered something of what this woman knew. Because every one of us messes up. And Jesus is the only one who can forgive us. He has rescued us, healed us inside, and given us his everlasting love. He will never let us go. Like this woman, we love much because we, I, have been forgiven much. Friends, let's not settle for just knowing about him. Like this woman, let's move out of the shallow end. Let's discover his love and forgiveness that sets our hearts on fire to do crazy things for him that bring him joy. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, and now there remains faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let's have a minute of silence before we pray. Lord, when we realize just how much we mess up,
and how much it cost you to forgive us by dying on the cross. We can only offer you our love in return. Please touch our hearts afresh today and give us the crazy love for you that inspires us to do beautiful things for you that others might consider a waste. For insomuch as you do it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you do it for me. Well, the whole realm of nature mine, it were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Amen.